In this new segment of Advisor Revelations, the DPL team will discuss how to evaluate new solutions and address current challenges and the strategies that can help you grow your firm and AUM. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Advisor Revelations here with DPL. My name is Patrick Perry. I'll be hosting here today, and I will be accompanied by my fellow regional vice president, Jackson Bradley. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Doing well, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Of course. So today we'll be talking about a strategy that we frankly have been getting a lot of traction on and a lot of clients slash advisors calling in about. Before we dig into it, however, I do want to go ahead and remind everybody, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast wherever you do uh, consume your podcast. And of course, if you want to talk to somebody like me or Jackson after listening, feel free to go to dplfp.com where you'll be able to sign up and or get in contact with somebody. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it, Jackson. Awesome. Sounds good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, As I referred to a little bit earlier, we here at DPL have been getting a lot of calls on a strategy we have on our platform referred to RILAs or Registered Index Linked Annuities. We'll get a little bit into, you know, why that might be, but just wanted to turn it over to Jackson and just wanted to see, you know, what have you been hearing on the streets or, you know, uh, what are advisors and clients asking for that are leading into this RILA discussion? Yeah, so it's an interesting class of annuity that, you know, started out, uh, I believe, gaining real traction in the late 2010s and now in the commission free space is gaining even more steam. And really, I think it's an annuity vehicle, you know, obviously being tax deferred within that annuity wrapper that provides protection on the downside, similar to a fixed index annuity where, you know, in the FIA, you have 100% downside protection versus a RILA, where you can actually choose your level of protection. And in return, you're going to receive higher cap rates than what would normally be seen on a fixed index annuity. So, you know, for example, looking at it at an FIA, you might have 10% cap on the upside with 100% protection. On a RILA, you're going to incur a little bit more risk. You're going to have a buffer So let's say 10% that the carrier will absorb prior to the client feeling any loss in their account. On the upside, they're going to have, for example, a 20% cap on the S&P. So it's kind of in between variable annuities and fixed index annuities on the risk spectrum. And you can get a little bit more creative with it than your standard FIA or standard VA. Exactly. And I have been having the same discussion with my advisors and clients I mean, that's kind of a good place to start from a sense of, you know, where does this fit on the risk spectrum, right? You know, we got people who want fixed index annuities for those familiar with them. They just want a little bit more upside within that contract. We got others who are in the variable annuity space and they don't want to be completely subject to market fluctuations, right? So the RILA kind of hits the best of both worlds in that sense where, you know, we're maintaining some fairly good upside on some of our products, all the way up to 18.5% on the S&P 500, while at the same time protecting on the downside. Of course, a little bit less protection than those fixed index annuities though, which is going to bring me into you know my next question or uh, topic that I wanted to cover with you is, you know, obviously the protection within these products is going to be a little bit different than uh, those who you know are kind of familiar with the other uh, strategies we've mentioned in the past. So you want to walk through kind of, you know, how Aryla is protected and or, you know, what clients are able to choose from within that? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's, 
there's a lot of different distinctions to be made because there are different crediting methods. There's different levels of protection, different indices. But to stay simple for now, before we branch out to some of the more exotic strategies, we'll talk about a one-year segment where on one of the products that we use, the client can choose from 10, 15, 20, or 40% protection. And so what that protection amount means is the amount of loss in the index that they choose that the carrier will absorb before the client feels a loss in their account. And as you might guess, on the upside, you're going to see you know, the highest cap rate possible on the 10% protection because the carrier is insuring the least amount. As you get more and more towards that 40%, the cap rates start to decline. So examples of indices that the advisor would be able to choose from within those protection levels, S&P 500 is a very common allocation Russell 2000, MSCI EFA for some international exposure, the NASDAQ, and then um, a couple other European indices as well. So all to say that there's a lot of different mixes that you can have as far as duration goes, protection level goes, index level goes to create this really efficient annuity where it's catered towards the client's true needs rather than putting someone in maybe more of a cookie cutter type annuity. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And I, I, I do want to kind of double down on a subject we touched on earlier, kind of in the same vein of what you're saying is, you know, who exactly is this for? If you're familiar with some of DPL's marketing materials here from the past and to be coming in the future, we often refer to it as the fragile decade, you know, the five years before retirement and the five years after. So, you know, some of those clients where they don't want to completely cut off their upside by going over to more fixed solutions in retirement, but at the same time, you know, they're in retirement and or just started retirement. Right. They want to offer some protection on the downside, as Jackson, you were talking about. So I just wanted to kind of make that clear and, you know, see, would you agree that that's mainly the client base that we're seeing utilize these? Or are there any other potential opportunities or you know, client profiles that we could identify using these products? Yeah. So with the Fragile Decade, I would totally agree that that's the main clientele base that I work with when talking to my advisors about these potential cases. I would say that I'm starting to see a little bit more of a shift towards some younger clients as well. Not super young, but you know, those clients that are in their late 40s, early 50s that, you know, while they're not close to retirement yet, the thought is starting to creep into their mind where they may go, Hey, some of these equity assets that we're holding on the side, maybe we could stay invested for equity-like returns, but incorporate some level of protection to you know, increase their chance of likelihood of success when they do get to that retirement point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that does bring up a good question is because we were kind of touching on, you know, the downside protection and how you can customize that. But I think that brings up a really good point in the sense that, you know, this can fit multiple different profiles because of the customization abilities within the products we do offer. You know, we do offer products and strategies that, you know, are going to be a traditional point to point cap or, you know, you're going to be capped on the upside. But we have others that are, you know, a little bit more, <laughs> as you referred to a little bit earlier, Jackson, as as exotic, something that perhaps you don't see in other strategies within DPL and potentially in other outlets for your practice. So I I did want to kind of backtrack to those exotic strategies that you referred to and kind of just dig into those a little bit more because I think it is really worth bringing up to your clients who, you know, might not fit 
the original profile we mentioned, but maybe one of the others. So you want to expand on that a little bit, Jackson? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a couple that come to mind, you know, I talked about earlier, I laid out the example scenarios of, you know, incurring or having 10% level of protection on the upside, you mentioned that 18.5% cap rate that we see in the market now. That's over the course of a year. You look at, for example, a six-year duration on the same product. The only difference is that we're looking at the price return from, let's say, a contract that's open today, from today to this date six years later, rather than from today to next year on this date. And I think for clients that want to more so set it and forget it, you know, have that level of protection built in, but still participate in the price return of the S&P, I think that that's a really strong option. On top of that, you know, stretching the duration, there's also some other interesting one-year segments to touch on. And so one that I'll talk about is, you know, it's called a different thing, a different carriers, but a step up or a performance trigger where the client will have a certain level of protection, let's say 10% in this case that the carrier will incur in case of loss in the index. On the upside, rather than participating in exactly what the S&P does up to a certain cap rate, they're instead just having this trigger rate where right now we see 11.5% it's floating around, 11.5% it's floating around. If the S&P is flat or positive, you're going to receive that entire 11.5%. So for a client that wants predictable returns, I think that that's a really strong option because they know, hey, if the S&P is up, I get my 11.5% and we'll move on. Taking that trigger one step further to probably the most exotic, but one of my favorite buckets that you can find in these Ryla products is what's called a dual step up, kind of like an inverse step up where instead of the S&P being flat or positive to earn that interest rate, like I mentioned, 11.5%, in this case, as long as the S&P stays above the buffer level that you selected, then you're going to receive the entire stated trigger rate. So for example, 10% level of protection that the carrier will incur in case of loss, as long as the index that you're invested in right now, looking at around 9%, as long as the index stays above negative 10%, you're going to receive that whole 9% credited to your account. And so This is really interesting because it almost turns the asset into more of an alternative investment where it's non-market correlated, where you can still see returns in a down market, which is really interesting. And it's a message that I've trying to been spread to my advisors just about the different ways that you can structure these products. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree. Uh, I think that dual step up or dual trigger that you just mentioned, I know that one's been catching some eyes on our end. And it's always worth mentioning, you know, once you're done listening to this podcast, always feel free to reach out to either me, Jackson, or whoever your uh, your appointed contact is with DPL. We're happy to walk you through exactly how that works. You know, we touched on customization. It's also worth mentioning flexibility as another word that these products really are strong in. And I'll briefly touch on it, but it is worth mentioning that, you know, we have products or Rylas on our platform that are both completely liquid and cost free. So, you know, it's a common question, right? Is, well, you know, that sounds pretty great. What's the cost? Or, you know, is there a rider fee associated with this? We do have a couple options on our platform that are, like I said, cost-free and completely liquid, meaning that this is something you can take year to year, or if you're doing those six-year segments, you can take it for the full six years. So it's an extremely versatile product you know, that you can use in a lot of different scenarios. 
any other you know additions onto the versatility on that? No, no, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's just important to note that it is a liquid product. So no surrender charges would be incurred by the client and billable by the advisor as well as part of their AUM versus, you know, traditionally annuities weren't built to be that. So it's really cool for the advisors. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we have been touching on what the clients are looking at and kind of what they're thinking is. But, you know, we do want to relate to the advisors here and kind of talk about, you know, how are they rationalizing or, you know, how are they thinking these through? Right. Because, you know, it's it is good to kind of dip your toes in the water with these kind of products. It might be unfamiliar or it might be familiar, depending on, you know, your familiarity with structured notes and things along those lines. I know that served as a really good knowledge bridge. I'm not saying they're exactly the same by any means. But I'm saying it's been a good parallel for advisors to think about it. So, you know, if you're an advisor out there utilizing those structured notes, it's, it's worth giving us a shout and seeing if this strategy is something you'd be interested in. Yeah, no, absolutely. That kind of makes me think of, you know, one advisor that I work with. He is a structured note, buffered note, however you want to refer to them. That's what he likes to use as part of his clients' plans. And it's kind of the perfect storm where I was working with them and he had some clients that were bringing in old variable annuities that they had purchased back in you know the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Expenses were high and there wasn't really a need for them, but they are kind of a tax bomb in a way where you can't just surrender them or there's going to be a large tax hit for that client on the year. So he came to me and he said, hey, Jackson, what can we do with these? And so we looked at the statements. We decided, yeah, we can move them. What what are we thinking for these clients? You know, what's their profile? What's their risk tolerance? And we were talking. He said, "Yeah, well, I really like structured notes and buffered notes." And I said, "Well, why don't we look at a parallel of those types of products in the annuity space, which is the RILA?" And so from that, we converted you know a very solid amount of old variable annuities into a more progressive you know top of the market product where the advisor can actively manage the contract, the client can customize the portfolio to fit their risk tolerance. And it turns into a billable asset for the advisor as well, which is, you know, really cool. And, you know, from that, a lot of advisors do like to be involved in kind of the day to day trading. And I totally understand that where you know, annuities traditionally aren't as actively managed as a typical client's portfolio. But for the advisor that does want to be involved in, you know, the RILA annuity that they help their client purchase, they can actually lock in gains over the course of a term, which I think is another really cool feature and speaks to the RIA space where let's say a client is in a one-year term, you know, S&P is up 15%. And they have a couple months left on the one-year term sequence of returns. You have a bad month going into that anniversary date. You could lose some of the gains that you had earned up to that point. And so a lot of these annuity carriers will allow the advisor to actually lock in gains at a certain point in the term. So the client says, I'm good with being up 15%. I don't need to hold out any longer. We're almost to this anniversary. Let's just get out. Okay, perfect. Let's lock in the gains right out the next two months, knowing that we have 15% in our pocket and we'll revisit our next strategy once the contract anniversary comes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we always love hearing about, you know, those those firsthand scenarios where an advisor kind of sees the light on these products. You know, it's a little bit more complex of a product than perhaps 
annuity users might be accustomed to. But of course, you know, that's what people like Jackson and I are here for, right? We're here to help you kind of understand, implement them into your business. And once you are comfortable enough with them, well, then we can help you get those products issued and get your clients where they need to be, right? And, you know, kind of piggybacking off of that, we are in the annuity space. So it's always worth reminding everybody listening that this is all tax deferred products. It's going to be a completely liquid product in certain cases, a cost-free product, and of course, something that really resonates with the clients, right? That's something that always comes up in conversations I have with clients is the peace of mind that these products are you know, able to offer them going into that fragile decade and or retirement, as we mentioned, right? It can be a tense time. It can be a stressful time to kind of feel, you know, do I have everything set? Well, in the worst case, if something's going wrong somewhere else, when you're in the annuity space, you can give yourself that peace of mind, that protection and give yourself the opportunity to know that, you know, at least part of your assets are protected in a bad market. So wanted to rehash that at least one more time. But I think we really hit on it today, Jackson. I think we went through basically how these things work. Of course, we can have conversations with our advisors to expand on that. We hit on the client profiles as well, You know who you should be looking for in your current book of business to identify and potentially introduce these subjects. And of course, just kind of hit on you know the benefits of advisory annuities that you know those who have used commissionable annuities in the past might not be accustomed to. Sometimes fully liquid annuities still shock some of our members even because you don't really think of annuities as something that's fully liquid. So I'm really excited to be talking about our advisors and sending this thing out to them. Before we hop off, Jackson, any other you know closing thoughts? No, no, I don't I don't think so. I mean I know that these products are complex and you know raise a lot of different questions so i encourage everyone to reach out to your consultant at dpl and if you don't have one then follow us to our website and you'll be able to get in touch with someone there yep yep and as a reminder that is dplfp.com where you'd be able to check out product offerings meet the team everything you might need for your interaction with dpl so really appreciate the time jackson today and looking forward to uh, talking more about rilos with our advisors awesome thank you for listening. To hear more advisor revelations, go to dplfp.com and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming app.